This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Hey, it is Russ Rupp here in the uh, penthouse suite with a friend of mine, Kenny Mulligan. Kenny is a very interesting guy. Now, I would say Kenny has um, has a heart like mine, probably uh, e- even a bigger heart, and we have completely opposite styles. And th- we're going to actually talk about that today. I think it's important for entrepreneurs to kind of know what resonates with you, like how you operate and, and what your uh, style is. And then... Um, you know, hopefully you'll resonate with other people who are similar, right? Kenny Mulligan has an interesting life story that got him into ID Life, which is the networking company that he works with. And also, did it get you into the seminary or did it get you active afterwards to get a congregation together, Kenny? Uh, Probably afterwards. Afterwards. Okay. Um, And Kenny does have a ministry. Welcome to the podcast, Kenny. It's great to be here. I find it a privilege to be meeting and talking with you here. So this is great. He's pumping me up. (laughs) He's pumping me up. One of the things that was very obvious to me is that you're kind of a quiet guy. And I used to be in a networking company. Okay. And one of the things that I found off-putting about people who were in networking companies in the old days, they were called multi-levels and, you know, some of them were scammy, some of them weren't. But um, people were often very pushy. A lot of times they would lie to you. Sometimes the companies themselves were just dishonest, but I think there was a huge motivation to sell people into the idea that they could get rich without having to do any work and that everybody would jump on board, right? All those things that I mentioned do not apply to you. No, not at all. Right. <laughs> I think that you have the perfect personality and the perfect approach to do what you're doing, to be a spokesperson for something that you truly believe in and try to change other people's lives. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I really do. I think that, um, and I've watched you because I was interested when we first met, I was interested, oh, Kenny, he's in ID life. Okay, well, let's see how this pans out. <laughs> See if he's going to be bugging me constantly, <laughs> and you don't. But you are you are very appro- you very appropriately represent what you're doing. So talk about that a little bit. What's your thought process? Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to back up a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Maybe okay. we should. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit of my story. So uh, I've been married now. Um, boy, we celebrate 33 years um, coming up here soon. Wow. And uh, okay. yeah, it's crazy because I'm I feel like I'm 35. So that's that's a little hard. But I hear it anyway. Um, so we have five kids. And, oh, um, yeah, and it's great. And okay. Love my wife, love my kids. You better. It's great. <laughs> and I especially love um, having adult kids. That's so fun. I, how, I how no, was the oldest? I, just turned 30. Oh, okay. Right. You're young, older and, than I and thought. Our, and our youngest <laughs> is 20. See, I look young, right? Yeah, you do. And, uh, and our youngest is 20. And Okay. And it is a great, great place to be. It really is. I, I wish more people told us about it, you know, when we were in the early years of parenting, that your goal is to... Become your kids' friends. Oh my God! And I was like, "Wow!" Well, you still have to be their parent. 
They need the parenting. Well, yeah, but it shifts. It shifts so much. When they're adults. Yeah, it's like you're there for them. You help them out. You always be their parents. But it's a re- it's an adult relationship now, and, it, and it's so cool. I'm 100% on board with this, by the way. Yeah. My oldest daughter's 28. Youngest one's 23. Um, my wife got a PhD in between, so I, I count that as one of my kids because I wasn't, okay. you know, <laughs> it, wasn't, it was tough. Um, I gave up a lot to be a parent. Being a dad is the most fulfilling, rewarding thing I've done in my whole life. I think I did a pretty damn good job at it. Probably better at that than anything at all I've tried or attempted. That's great. Without a doubt. And I'm the most proud of it for sure. Yeah. So I really identify with what you said. Cool. Yeah. And we're real close, real tight. All right, keep going. So, so yeah, so we were early married, and I was working in a print shop at the, at the time. Did you get married at 12 or what? No. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> You're not going to tell me. Any, huh? I'm actually just turned 57. You you did? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I know. that crazy? I know. I didn't think you were over 50 at yeah. all. Okay. Wow, that ID life is doing good for you. Or your it genetics really, or a combo. It really is still good. But anyway, so okay. um, so early married, I was working in a print shop and working two jobs, and I started having medical issues. Wait a minute. What would you do in a print shop? I ran a printing press. Oh, my God. You we, you and I, I was a graphic designer. I, you I, <laughs> you I, and I have so much more in common than I knew. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I love the business. You know, it was, it was a great field. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it. but it's, you know, it wasn't any better than being a sign painter, which but I also did. <laughs> Who needs them? But it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah, it's hard. You're on your feet. And you're... So I started having medical issues. I woke up one day, and I was I was numb on half my body. Um, it oh, was, no. It was the most bizarre thing. And so you start to, you know, the medical, you know, searching, you know, what's going on, what's happening. You didn't have any clue. Was it literally like one day you were numb? Yeah, it was like somebody drew a line down my body and just oh felt numb God. on one side. I mean, I could still move everything. It just, you felt yeah. numb. And it yeah, was yeah. the weirdest feeling. So it went away. And, you know, a few months later, um, it happened on the other side of the body. And it was like, oh, my goodness, you know, crazy. So they started doing tests. And um, about five months later, and this was our, our son had just turned one year old. Uh, a couple months after that, and they diagnosed you with, with multiple sclerosis. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like, wham, you know. And oh, I know gosh. usually with the onset of it, it's, it's crazy because uh, it got really bad. I, you know, I was having trouble walking. I was out of work for a while. And, you know, here I am trying. My wife's a stay-at-home mom, and I'm trying to, you know, somehow, how do you do this, you know. And so finally built some strength back, went back to work. And then I basically would go through a cycle where twice a year I'd go through an MS attack. And, um, you know, for people who don't know what MS is, MS is an autoimmune disease where your body fights itself and it attacks the myelin sheath around your nerves. And it causes all kinds of troubles. You know, it can cause uh, mobility function, um, nerve sensations, all messed up, all that kind of stuff. For some people, it continues to get worse. For me, I would go through these phases where you go through attack. And what do they call that? Repetitive? Um, Re- yeah, remittent, repentant. Remit- yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I yeah. Just, no, I know someone. El- I know someone else who has it. It's a horrible. It's hard, really horrible to yeah. deal with. And so twice a year, I'd go through this thing. Less about maybe four to six weeks, you go through the attack, and then you'd have to recover because then your body's trying to get back to normal. But you don't so, usually make it back to where you were before, right? Yeah, you set back you know, a little bit. Per- yeah, a little bit. For me, it was not significantly far back, but mm. every every time, you know. Now, some of them, honestly, you know, you know we're not that bad. You know, I'd, I'd go through and feel a little fatigue. My, you know, my limbs might be numb a little bit. Usually, it's, for me, it's my legs and and uh, my hands. Usually, um, sometimes it was worse. But so I'd go through these. You better, you know, and you do things with the kids. But you know, when you're going through MS, the fatigue is phenomenally. You know, it's just unbelievable. And you have to cancel things, you know, if you're, if you're ready to go with the kids somewhere, it's like, you know, I can't really, dad's not feeling good, you know, and so it went on for years, you know, um, I struggled with that. 
learn to cope. You get on drugs. They put you on drugs when you go through an attack, and that's no fun because then you gain weight. So I was, I kept gaining weight, and you know, and then the doctor would say, "Hey, you got to exercise." And I'm like, "Yeah, right. When? You know, How because do by, that? <laughs> by the time you start feeling good again, yeah." And you're like, okay, now I start exercising. Then you go, wham, you get hit by another attack. And um, so this is nonstop. This went on for 26 years. Oh, boy. So, um, but what it did, there's some positive things that came out of it. One was I decided, um, I started searching, you know, what kind of career am I going to do? Because I can't do the printing press thing that much longer. So I, my wife and I were at a church called Bible Fellowship at the time. And the associate pastor, his name's Cam Garvin, he, he encouraged me. He said, so what would you do if, like, Money's no option. Time's no option. He goes, you know, we got a big God. He could do anything. Oh, one of the perfect coaching questions, man. (laughs) If there were no obstacles and you had all the money in the world and God gave you his blessing, right? What would, how would you spend the rest of your life? Yeah. I think, I think more often we need to ask ourselves that question. Yeah. You know, what can we do if there was no barriers, you know? A lot of people did over the past year and a half. Let me tell you. Yeah. For real. We've knocked some barriers down. It's been great. Yeah. So he, so under that encouragement, I said, you know, I'd, I, I think I'd love to go into ministry. You know, we had, my wife and I had been doing ministry, working with kids in the church. The church started growing. And so through a series of events, the church actually brought me on staff. They put me in the seminary. And so I did that and it took about seven years to get through it. Are and you kidding me? No, no, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was great. It really was. I got to serve with two pastors. Um, they're great guys. So it was Cam Garvin and Jay Button. And so was that like, um, um, so it's kind of like were you like going to school part time while you were working? Well, sort of thing. Is that you, how it works out? Or part time? I don't know. I mean, how do you? Our, seven so, years is a long time to so go. Seven, uh, our, the seminary was designed to go one day a week, so that you could stay in oh, ministry, you okay. could stay in your jobs. I see. But it was it was tough. Made you um, work. So I was working in print shop, doing ministry, and full time school. Oh, it oh. was and having nuts. MS with and, the X. and having MS. And there are, there are times actually where I was grateful for MS because they'd put you on these drugs that they put you on steroids and so you couldn't sleep so i was like yes this is awesome because now i can study so um you know so there was some upsides of it but it was tough got through it god redirected my life helped me change a career and and gave me something i love doing I, you know so i'm passionate about what i do and, and you know to be able to do ministry can i ask you the why question the big why question God, why clever. do you love it why do i love it one i think it utilizes, usually, I, sometimes it utilizes it, my gifts okay I I love to see people reach their fullest potential. I really do. I, I love to see people's lives changed. And and for well, for everybody, you know, come from a spiritual background here. I, you know, I, I I just believe that. You know, put it simply, yeah. I believe life is better when you follow Jesus. Okay. And you get better at life. Gotcha. It's that simple. And that's not my slogan. I came from Andy Stanley, but I you know I just. But that's your belief, and yeah. you want other people to experience that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to see somebody's life change because they, they realize there's a real God yeah, and he loves and cares about them, that that's, you know, that's dramatic, you know. So I, I consider know. myself a recovering Catholic right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> been working on it since I was 18. Um, I'm kind of spiritual, you know, more than, more today than I was yesterday and probably less than tomorrow. And I have the same um, sort of, um, uh, uh, I get fulfillment from the same things that you just mentioned, um, was watching people blossom, be able to tap into that inner passion that they have or that gift, gift that they have, that little voice that's been in there. You can label okay. it different things, right? But it's, there's, a, it's a, there's a commonality across all human experiences, I think. So for me, like if I go deeper, for me is like, I think when I was a kid, like I, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I didn't 
really connect with people when I was younger. I was creative in my head. I probably didn't get the attention I wanted from my folks for a different reason. I wasn't abused or neglected, but I was just, I needed more from them at probably. And I love my parents are still around. We just had a great weekend, Father's Day weekend together. Uh, but uh, but if I'm being real honest and, interest, and, and doing some really tough introspection, um, I was kind of lonely. I didn't really feel like, I didn't know how to connect with people and I wanted to. Right. And so I think that that and also I was an entrepreneur early, like as a teenager, I started. So and I know how hard it was to be able to learn everything I needed to learn. There was no Internet. There weren't people around who were teaching me. I had to like make thousands of mistakes, just struggle through, figure it out. Right. Just had to do it. And you did make money. Just go out and try and sell, figure it out. Just keep failing until you do something that works and then do that lots of times. I have like a special place in my heart for people, I guess, like me. Can you identify with what I just said or no? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So is, so is there something, is there something more there that our listeners can say, oh, I've got that too? You know, you know, if you want to go to the spiritual side here. It's about yeah, you. Well, so that's I, why we're here. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You talk about a recovering Catholic. Uh, I grew yeah. up in a Catholic church. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> How long were you an altar so, boy? Uh, Let okay. me tell you, I've had this conversation with many guests. Talk, talk about entrepreneur. <laughs> we made money as an altar boy. I mean, that was, that was like, Yeah, wow. doing funerals oh, and yeah, weddings. Yeah, funerals oh, yeah, and yeah. Weddings. Get great. the envelope. Yeah, yeah it was We great. used to do high masses. It was still in Latin. When I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I never experienced I'm that. I'm a little bit older Except than when you. when I visited <laughs> some, you know, churches. Yeah, so I grew up Catholic um, Catholic school all, yeah. what was it? 12, Nativity 12 of the years. Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, wow. Elementary only. But altar boy till high school, senior. So, oh, wow. All through high school. Yeah, altar boy. I, I, fourth grade through 12th grade, altar boy. And they made us take religious ed, too. Kid, I went through high school, uh, Catholic high school, too. So, yeah. um, you know, my, my parents, they sacrificed a lot to put all our kids, because I come from one of six, so... Mm. To put us all through Catholic education, yeah, you got to pay really tuition, right? Tough. Yeah, my dad was yeah. a teacher, and in those days, teachers made nothing. Yeah, hardly, you know? I still don't. And uh, yeah, rel- relatively, yeah. But did he teach in, in the days, Catholic school? Been, no, he didn't. He oh. teach in public school, and so he wanted us to go to private school. I think I got fr- I got free tuition in elementary school because my mom taught first grade. Oh, that's nice. I that's guess. Awesome. Yeah, I guess it was. No, it was a good foundation. Seventh grade in the public school was, oh my gosh, talk about shock. I don't even remember. Gave us a moral background, you know, and I'm grateful for that. Very grateful for that. Yeah, me too. And coming out of, I guess, high school, going into the, you know, early college years, and I wasn't really a fan of uh, college. You know, I did a little, tinkered a little, but I pretty much just went into the printing field. My brother came back from college. He's three years older than me. And when he came back, he had experienced a progressive Catholic church. So he was like, we got to find a better church around here. So we started to do that. And then, um, honestly, the best thing was God got a hold of us. And he started working with youth group. And the priest— Your brother. You're my brother. Yeah, okay. So I with the youth group. Yep. I was going to say, man, if you saw God coming down and starting a youth group. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> now so, I get it while you're— <laughs> No, no, no. My brother started working with, okay. with youth. And then the, the priest who was in charge— uh, approached me and said, would you start working with young adults? And I was like, well, you got to be kidding me. You know, I, I'm like the youngest of young adults. Why would I lead on the young adults? So I began praying about that. And part of my struggle was I was dating a girl that lived up um, away at college and I would have to give up some of those travels to spend more time doing the ministry stuff back then. And so eventually I just said, yeah, God, I'm, I'm only do what you want me to do. 
And so what had happened was my brother and I started reading the scriptures. Never really done that before. Um, had never been highly encouraged. Not that it was, you know, not that you weren't supposed to, but basically we just, we really started digging into the scriptures. Along those times, we found a couple speakers on the radio. And all of a sudden, the speakers that I thought were like weird, you know, uh, all of a sudden, you just started listening to them that were teaching the scriptures, had not heard that kind of teaching before. And then also got in connected with Christian music. And that was probably one of the biggest things that, you know, I started listening to artists like, you know, and they're a little older, but like Amy Grant and uh, yeah, Twyla yeah. Paris was back then, Michael W. Smith and and others where all of a sudden you're like, well, they have this relationship with God that I want. Mm. And that's what began to start changing until eventually got to the point where I, I literally realized who Jesus Christ was. I realized what he'd come to do. And I realized that, all my education and Catholicism where I, I I was taught you always, as long as you're good enough, someday you're going to get to heaven. Maybe you can never know for sure. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's so defeating. And so we had to go to purgatory first. Yes. And wait for the decision from somebody. And I, you know, I don't don't mean to, you know, I'm not, I'm not bashing Catholic church anyways. I I think again, there's a lot of moral background. I have a lot of Catholic friends, but I, I did not hear the teaching of that. It was a grace thing that Jesus Christ came and it's by grace that you get to go to heaven, not because you're good enough. It's by choosing to believe and trust in Jesus Christ. And so my brother and I gave our lives to Christ and not realizing honestly what that would unfold. And so lo and behold, here we are leading these groups and we started teaching scriptures that we were reading now to the groups. And I got a little dicey. Um, and so eventually we had to leave the Catholic church. What do you mean you got dicey? Well, there's a lot of teaching. Oh, the Catholic Church doesn't that, really tell you everything. Uh, They're that, very picky. There's a lot of teaching of scripture that come up against some Listen, of the teachings we're not, of Catholicism. We, we, can, we can speak the, the, our truth here in this podcast, all right? Because my philosophy is you do you, right? And if there's a listener who doesn't agree, that listener can do them, Absolutely. right? They, we're, not trying to, we're not trying to bash them, right, at all. Yeah, no, sometimes no, 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 I sometimes I get a little sarcastic or a little bombastic and maybe spout off a little bit. But honestly, I, I the one commonality among all the religions is love. Oh, absolutely. The one absolutely. word. And I say that often here. If you distilled all the teachings, business teachings down to what works the best, if you distilled all the ancient texts, everything, any religious documents, it's all if you distilled it all down to one word, it would be love. And if you're in a place of love and you treat people in a loving way, then you will do all the right things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If your heart is Absolutely, truly yeah. that way, because love is self-sacrificing. Right. Yeah. So, so my thing is like, you, you do you, Kenny. So coming, you know, coming out of that, one of the things I think in the journey was the quest for what is truth. Yeah. And, What's the meaning of life? And, Why am I here? Yeah, all that so, stuff. So for the first time, even though. I was always taught that the Bible was true. Finally, I came to a place to research that and confirm that there has to be some basis for what we believe, and there has to be some basis for morality, because if there isn't, then we just sort of make it up and go as we go along. And anything could be the moral Absolutely. high ground so or whatever. It could, you know, right? it could be, could be whatever anything. you choose today, whenever yeah. I choose today. So for me, it became the scriptures. and. And obviously, scriptures always has to be taken in context because, you know, the Old Testament is written for the Jewish people. And and obviously, there's context there, but I, I gravitate towards the New Testament all the time. And, and I just tell people, you know, make it simple. Just go with what Jesus said. Let's just start there. Yeah. And and because most people will not disagree with Jesus. Okay. Well, <laughs> even, if you didn't, even if you don't believe Jesus is the son of God, he was an amazing teacher. Absolutely. And so... 
Yeah, so at least start there. At least, you know, yeah. at least explore who I mean, he was. Yeah, and, right. And, and yeah, why him. not? Yeah. That's accessible to anybody, even if you're closed-minded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You should be. Yeah. yeah. So from there, my, my brother went to seminary, <laughs> and he went into the pastoral ministry. And so I, I watched him take that, you know, trek, and, and that was exciting. And then I took the marriage track with getting, having kids and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously the MS came into play. And then here it was now I was changing careers. And so I went to the seminary my brother went to, which is pretty cool. Um, he'd already graduated, but then I graduated from seminary. How much older? Uh, He's two years, two okay. years older than I am. And then along the path, I, I was at the church that we were and then I took a church up here in Cortland, New York. It was an old, uh, older church that said they wanted to change until you got in there and started making changes. And did uh, they really want to change? Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> and so uh, you know, it's it's a that's a con- by the way, and I don't know the details, but just yeah. that enough right there, I can almost envision. Every service group I've ever heard complaining that no one will help them. Many of the organizations that I've been part of or have kind of looked in on, same thing. Oh, we need help. We want to change, blah, blah, blah. But there's always that core group that's so set in their ways that they don't really want to. They just well, they want someone else to do the work but do it their way. Yeah. Yeah, very common experience. So I I got very frustrated. Yeah, I when, bet. When we... Uh, <laughs> And, How and, long did you last you know, there, Kenny? Um, we last surprisingly four and a half years. Oh, well, I guess because they gave you the house, right? And you can't just... No, no, actually we didn't. We, oh. we actually were able to get our own house. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, we didn't go that route. I was going to say, you were really <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's... And that for a lot of... A lot of pastors. That's a big yeah. No job, no problem. place to yeah. live. Yeah. So, so we were um, we were actually kicked out overnight, and uh, so that brings all kinds of experiences. You know, it, you know, it goes down to anything. You know, when people when people want. Did you deserve want, it? I deserve Looking back, it. wow. You know, there's there's things I did wrong. Okay, you know, there's no yeah. doubt. <laughs> it wasn't just them, but uh, it just wasn't a good fit. That's what we, that's what we say now. With but our, the, the with thing our, is, that there were a lot of things. You know, we took a lot of steps in the right direction. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Yeah, I know. You know I, I, I believe it. So anyway, it's a long, long time ago. And uh, yeah. So what happened though is, uh, honestly, I, you know, I'll, I'll be frank here about, you know, the Catholic, the church itself and all that. Um, you know, it frustrated me of the church. And I was like, you know what? We're supposed to be, we're, you know, we're called by God to reach out to our community and connect with our community. So why are we so introverted? Why are we so inner focused? Why are we, let's keep it the way it is yeah. when we need to c- connect with a culture that exists today, you know? And, you know, so many churches are years and years yeah. and years behind the times. And it oh was. Oh my God. <laughs> what's so funny? Oh, she's, um, when my wife was a teenager, she was an altar girl, I guess. Okay. Until the Catholic Church decided that girls could not serve. And that was the last day she wanted anything to do with the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? Religion is always man-made. You know, it always is. And mm-hmm. so that's why for me it's always, you know, yeah. but what does the Scripture teach? Does it teach that? If not, then you know what? You have a little choice, you know. Yeah. So here I was, and, you know, we were without a job. And uh, I actually got been back into printing, printing sales, actually, at that point. And um, in the interim, starting to look around for a new church. And you know what? A lot of churches are the same. <laughs> and as I started looking into other churches yeah. there, I, I would have frustrated them and they would have frustrated me the same way. In the other side of that, there's something, it's a God thing that really is going in our culture today. That's not happened before. And that is a church is changing. And there are going to be, continue to be your denominations are going to be continue to be churches who will keep the status quo and going on. And there's a whole new movement within the church. And, and you see this uh, rising in, in cities 
where they're coming back to the scriptures and saying, let's just stick with what Jesus says. Okay, let's just, let's, let's not go beyond that. Let's make up these rules and regulations. Not, let's not get stuck in traditions. Let's do something that's really connected with our culture. And you're seeing this in churches all across the country. And, you know, the amazing thing is I knew it existed. I just, it didn't connect for me. Well, there, if you know the if you know the history of it, particularly with the Catholic Church, which I'm more familiar with, they adopted and co-opted all kinds of traditions, and is known for adopting other religions, rituals, and other groups of people's special ceremonies and things, so they could get more people into the Catholic Church. Those things did not originate with Jesus; they were things that organizational structure decided to do to get more people into the Catholic Church. And why, Kenny? Money. Uh-huh. There you go. Every culture has its own traditions. Every you know church yeah. can have traditions and all kind of stuff. But I mean, one of the things that Jesus got on to the Pharisees and the religious people of his day was that they had replaced the Word of God with traditions. They had superseded the Word of God with their traditions. Mm. And you know we can easily do that today too. It's like, well, yeah, but we got to hold on to these traditions. No, you don't. We can ditch those. You know, the form something takes can always change. The function of what why why you have there that that needs to stay because why why you know why does the church exist? That's the most important thing, not the traditions. You know that we have. I understand what you're saying. So here I was trying to figure out how to do this, and um, I just really sensed God was saying, "Why don't you just start a church already?" So here know. comes the entrepreneurial yeah. Kenny, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Our first kid was about to go off to college. And, you know, here we are, you know, trying to make ends meet. And I'm like, how do we start a church? Like, I was just beside myself. So, fortunately, um, I was guest speaking at some churches and, and doing that in the meantime. And connected with a few families that said, um, we'll start a church with you. And I was like, okay. You know, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I went to a seminary did that you, taught us how to, you know, to do those kinds of things. But it's another. Did they teach you the business end of it like that? In quotes, no, the business end no, of it? No, I would say no. I mean, it's more of, I mean, you teach how, you know, teach how to preach. You know, they teach you, you know, the scriptures. You spend yeah. a lot of time in the scriptures and sure. original languages and stuff like that. But it was like, how do you start a church, you know? And a typical mindset of starting a church is you gather a few people in your living room, hang out for a while, then it slowly starts to grow and all kinds of stuff. But what happens with that, not that that's a bad approach, some churches are very successful that way, is it becomes inward focused. All of a sudden you start thinking, well, this is cool. We got very our clicky. little family. Very clicky. And it's, it's hard to reach out to people that way. So, and I was like, I don't want to spend the next 10 years until we build another family, another family, another family. And so, again, another God thing. I, what we did got, you do? We got connected with a, a church coaching team in New York City. And it was a pastoral team, Nelson Searcy and Kirk Thomas. They're still there. They're with the Journey Church, very progressive church in New York City. And Kirk Thomas was the one who coached me. Basically, the coaching was, why wait and I love that about the whole concept. It's like, you don't have to wait six years to start this thing. Yes. We could have you up and running with coaching within nine months. And that's what we did. So we started North Point Church here in the Binghamton area um, back in 2009. And so I, you know, it's crazy to think that that's. You yeah, just so reacted. Emo- you just had, had a big emotion hit there, didn't you? When you thought of it. Well, how long ago? Or? Like starting it. Like what did you, yeah, ju- what, what just hit you? It's exciting to start something new. You know, yeah. it really is. Yeah. It's, it's exciting to see something happen. Yeah. I absolutely. get goosebumps just watching you talk about it. That's <laughs> awesome, know, and, man. You know, and. You well, know, so, so much more for you, right? Because, because of your belief, right? And your connection to Jesus, which is very powerful for you. And then you've, you've got something that couldn't have been easy to start. You got some coaching there, which was great to get you off the ground, making action, which was key. 
you could have thought about that and kind of stumbled around for a long time and not got brave enough to launch, right? Absolutely. And so, but your back was kind of against the wall also because you needed you needed a paying job, which I assume well, that supplied for you. I guess, but honestly, for the first, you know, I don't know right, how, and rightly how so, years I'm not, we did not trying to jump because it was. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was like, oh, we don't have any money, so let's just, you know, just, okay. So no, I continued to work at the print right, shop but it wasn't ten started. years though. Right, didn't no, take it no, ten no, years. No, so, it did not. yeah. So, and there's a lot of things that were helpful. So, obviously, I had a coaching team. Um, I got connected with some other churches, and this is where I talk about there, there's a new wave, okay, of the church happening in the United States, which is really cool. And you see this in churches. Another church that started at the same time. My son is a part of that down in Philly called Epic Church. Uh, very different philosophy of how you lead church. So, you ditch the committees that most churches have, okay, because that just doesn't do anything, okay? You create some accountability within the church, but but our accountability is outside. We have an outside board that oversees the church and, and the major functions, but the hands-on day-to-day stuff, um, that's a ministry team that does that. And so I have a, a woman I've been working with, and from the day, day one, her name is Donna Kozowski. Um, her and her husband were on board from day one, and they've been here ever since, very faithful. And and she handles all our creative arts aspect of the, of the church that goes on because we do things different. We wanted to be a church that did things different. We wanted to be a church that reached out to people who don't go to church. Um, there's not, not enough churches. There's enough churches that have people that want to yeah, go to church. Right. You know, that gotcha. connect with them. Well, they don't really so, want to be there, though. Well, I don't know. They always they go. No, they and don't. There, there's, <laughs> there's some really good churches. In well, I, there I imagine there are. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I went with somebody to an Easter mass once, and she looked at her watch the entire time, couldn't wait to get out of there. Uh, so that's a shame. Yeah, Catholic. Yeah. Um, so you're following your passion now. You've got you were um, in your story here. There's more to come because we we went down the rabbit hole with the church, which is fine. You've already realized that you have to have those entrepreneurial traits, right, to get this thing going. Or maybe you didn't realize it, but you've done so many things that our listeners are going to identify with already. Early on, when you were asked to leave, you took kind of that time to kind of reposition yourself and look at it in a positive way to change careers. A lot of people went through that during the recent pandemic. Um, Seven years in the seminary to get through the seminary. That's somebody who really wants to to be in the seminary. Even though it took seven years, you were basically working two jobs and going to school, I think was the way I would summarize it, right? So that's somebody who's very persistent You've got the hustle. You got the hustle gene in there. And another thing is that you took action when at the advice of the people that you look to as your coach, right? As your mastermind group, maybe as your coaching group, the pastoral coaching team, I think is what you called it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that's where you, you get the mentorship. You go find somebody who's already doing it, who can help you so you can get going quickly. Yes. Right. And the right way. Yeah. Make as few mistakes as possible. Yeah. I mean, those are all things that our listeners are going to identify with I, yeah. and identify with you because of, even if even if they're not interested right now in learning about Jesus, right? There's things oh, that they can apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, you have to have the coaching. I, I think it's the humility to say, look, I can't do this. Yes. And there's so many people who've gone before <laughs> me, so why not learn from the best? Well, you know, that's hard for somebody who's an entrepreneur. It's hard. It's someone who's a business owner, uh, you know, for many and it was for me up until somewhat recently, I would have to admit there may have been more resources available when I was younger that I didn't take advantage of. I had a couple adults who probably, if I had been more attentive and asked the right questions, probably would have been more helpful. I mean, we need that every every point of our lives. I yeah, mean, we do. I mean, as parents, we talk about parenting, you know, we need, the reason I think my wife and I did so, you know, uh, were able to handle some of our parenting things because of people who mentored us in parenting. You know, we didn't, we didn't just... Take a guess, you know, yeah. we had other people build into our lives. Right. Yeah, it's so important. 
Yeah. So you've got your new church going. Yeah, Are you no, calling we, it we a, call church? a church? Yeah, we, oh, call okay. North, we call it Northport Church. Yes. North Point Church, that's yeah. right. And we're online now, too, because COVID, you know, forced a lot of things, a lot of changes, you know. Yeah, that's where we left and off talking about that, yeah, the possibility of doing it yeah, uh, virtually so or whatever. as soon so. as, you know, everything got shut down, we literally had to learn over the over the course of a week how do we get online yes. with and. You know, like I got some a very, quick pivot. I got some very creative <laughs> kids, so they helped us. You know, oh, good. Us do that. So yeah. So we've been online ever since. So that's pretty cool. All right. So it kind of brings me back to what I was talking about originally. Is I call it quiet confidence. Okay. I've achieved the confidence part, but not the quiet part yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's one of the things that I noticed about you, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about with you and and like identify, is that I felt I see that in you. I feel like that's you. Do you feel like you have the confidence of talking about um, your ministry you do, and now you have you know your business ID Life? I, again, one one of the things that I that always struck me with some of the networking companies is just the the pushiness and maybe the lack of training. I think it was due to certain people in the company they were sort of um, making everybody into useful idiots in a way where they were just making them go out like a numbers game, just sell as much as you can. Who cares about anybody because the person it was to their benefit to have all those people under them do that, but yeah. not to. But it wasn't for their benefit nor the customer's benefit. Yeah. It was just for that maybe that one person who wasn't didn't really care about the other people. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, like any companies out there, there's some good companies and bad companies. You know, that's for sure. And and there's a good approach and a bad approach. You know, I I eat at. Well, we only eat at one fast food restaurant, to be honest with you, because of the health stuff. But um, I do that because they're good at what they do. And their products are good. LL bites are healthy. Uh, no, Chick Fil A. <laughs> so, um, oh my god, but, <laughs> you're funny. Do we but, have a? We don't but, even have a Chick Fil A no, around here. No, we don't. You got to travel south. But oh um, my gosh, you're funny. But you know, here, here's here's one of the things when it comes to, to network marketing or multi level. Um, a lot of people, you know, are schemish of it. Yeah. Because like, well, that's a pyramid thing, and I'm like. Oh, they're okay, skittish. Well, well, yeah, they're skittish. Yeah. Okay. The schemish um, would have been the guy yeah, I was skeevish, talking that's to. True. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> of our skeevish. That's true. Yeah. And um, so you know, people shy away from it's like you know, but, yeah. but here's the reality. You know, pyramid schemes are illegal, so you can't, you can't do yeah. this anyway. Right. But the reality is, all of us are in a pyramid organization. If we're mm-hmm. in any business, we are. Yeah. The difference I have found with multi-level is, the guy on the bottom. If he's a hustler, if he works hard, if he's good at what he does, he can rise to the top a lot faster than you ever could in a corporate world. Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. It, it gives, it's, it's almost like the American dream right. right in front of you that you have a choice to do something with this. Now, obviously people are out it for, you know, we go back to our why. Obviously some people are out it. I want to make money as quick as I can. You know, if that's your why, then you probably can, but I don't know how long lasting it'll yeah, be. Yeah, it won't be. And, That's for sure. And, you know, for me, I didn't get involved in ID Life because of, of the money. Why'd you get involved, Kenny? I, well, let me tell you. So, <laughs> Tell us. So, I, obviously, I've been struggling with MS for, yeah. um, well, at that time, it was 20, 20, about 26 years. Oh, boy. And um, a friend of mine calls up and says, hey, Kenny, you got to look at his company. I'm like, oh, I don't know, Rich. Uh, I don't need another, you know, side hustle or whatever like that. He's like, no, no, no. It's, it's a great company, great ways to make, make money because, actually, from the money side, ID Life, one of its passions is to help people to to get ahead in life. And and this kind of industry is a great way to do that. It really is. And and so, you know, for, for somebody to make an extra thousand dollars or two thousand a month on the side of doing things like 
that's already doing or involving it in in their life anyway. That that's that's it's big for people. That's huge. Yeah. So, Rich, and, and the organization is already developed, so they don't have to invent a business. No, you had a background because you had you had churches before, so you had, and you also had the coaches, right? Which again, that's available through ID Life. I'm assuming there's probably people. Oh yeah, and yeah, you're a coach. Great, you're probably coaching great. your people. Yes. Yeah, of course. So my point is, you didn't. You don't have to like start from scratch. No, you don't. Not at all. No, and you yeah. can never get. You can never start your own business for the price it costs to get into one of you know, <laughs> yeah. one of these. Even the ex- even companies. the expensive ones to get into. Yeah, are it's still, still cheaper, cheaper than starting your own business. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Most of us don't have a quarter million to start our own business, yeah, or whatever it takes. And some don't have five thousand dollars. Yeah, or yeah. two thousand. Yeah. No, most people. What is it? Seventy per eighty yeah. percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That, yeah, of that's course. Hard. Yeah, more now than ever. Yep. And there are already two people working, two adults. Yeah. So my friend Rich calls me up. He says, take a look at his business. And he was like, yeah. he, now Rich, Rich and I have been friends for years. Like we've been friends for 30 plus years. And he calls me and says, you know, yeah, look, I wanted you to look at this for your health. And so like, you at least believed that he thought it was a good idea. Like you yes. knew that he was being sincere, honest and sincere. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he, he had, he may be wrong, but he, he <laughs> believed it. He had an inside look at the company. He had okay. already toured the company. He knew what the company was producing. And he says, Kenny, take, take our free health assessment and, and just yeah. see, I want to see if it could impact your MS. I right? took that by the way. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm anxious to hear what, what your results were. So I took the assessment and then guess what? I did a lot of be a lot of still. I put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And and I like to think through things. I like to process through things. And I get that. But I think most of our, our struggles is, you know, when we hesitate, a lot of times it never happens because we just hesitate and then we keep yeah. putting it off and it never yeah, happens. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we all have busy lives and yep. things happen. And uh, yeah. So I hesitated. This is back in like November, December, almost, well, four and a half years ago. And then I started going through another MS attack. Oh. And it was a bad one. And uh, Donna, my coworker, she she goes, uh, she thought it was one of the worst ones she's ever seen me go through. And I was having trouble walking. And, and you know, I could stumble up on the stage and sit and, and do my message. That's fine. But um, I, I was like, so I called Rich up. And, you know, because initially I saw it. And then I saw, hey, this is vitamins. Um, even though it's, it, and it, what's mind-boggling is it's it's truly customized for you. So, and you know, nobody else does that. It's made well, for you. I think the timing right now is pretty good uh, for this type of business. I, I know I had mentioned to you before, now I'm not in this business, just so our listeners know. I'm not a distributor. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a dealer. I don't have anything to do with it other than Kenny. And I'll probably use some of the products um, um, because I did take that assessment. Um, and I want to make some changes. I have to. <laughs> getting old and creaky. Um, so, uh, so I did want to make that point. But I think the timing might be good now, Kenny. It, it is. Like, it I think is. it really picked this up. Is, this is unique. You know, it really is. And, you know, when it comes to nutrition, most of us guess, you know. You know, Aunt Mary told us to, you know, try this. We try it and we go down to the local, you know, store. I think people are more stuff. interested now than ever to eat better and yeah, pay attention to yeah. their nutrition, read labels. Young people are, are much more savvy now and there's there's knowledge that's available at our fingertips that there wasn't a generation ago even. Right. Yep. And so as you, you took the assessment again, yeah. assessment and what, what's on the assessment, not only does it tell you what you, what you're lacking nutritionally, yes, but it also gives you the reviews and the scientific evidence behind I that noticed to say, that. this is why we think you need to take. <laughs> That's my personality. I'm going to read every one of those. <laughs> or vitamin C or, you, a know, lot of or work. you know, whatever the, yeah. the you know, whatever nutrition yeah. you're missing. And yeah. so it uniquely designs it for you. And now with the DNA, which is a, a mind boggling, 
you know, we truly customize nutrition based on your genetics. So you know what food you should be eating, shouldn't be eating, what what exercise you should be doing, should be doing. So here I was taking this assessment. I'm like, put it outside, but going through a CMS attack, I'm like, ah, you know, and I was like thinking, it's just vitamins. It's just vitamins, you know? And, you know, and most people like most people, I take a multivitamin or whatever. And so I called a rich. I said, okay, rich. I said, I got to try something. This is terrible. I said, well, you talk me through how to do this. So he talked me through and, and then I, I said, but I want to do enough of the business side. So I don't ever have to pay for this stuff, you know, help me to earn enough money yeah. that I could just cover my nutrition and, and all that kind of stuff. And then he helped me do that. But he, so I, I did, he says, we got my nutrition and I was scared because honestly, when I first, when my nutrition first came in, because th there's a lot of vitamins, you know, and, yeah. and cause I was very depleted and, Oh really? So uh, I'm, I'm well, your the amount of stress that your body was going through. I don't know like what the MS specifically does, but even just your physical body being st that stressed must've been a terrible toll on yeah, like all the hard. systems of your body. It's hard. And, and, you know, and like, that's why people continue. To and emotions work. too. Emotional. Oh, yeah. That's probably the worst about those. He's oh. struggled through a lot. Yeah. I bet. Those. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, so, so here I got my nutrition in and it came in on like on a Saturday, right? Something on, and you're going to try this till like Sunday after church, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to see what, no. it, you know, um, and I know it's just vitamins. So it's, it's, it's just the nutritional gaps that we're missing in our foods. Okay. So it's not mm -hmm. a big deal, but so I started it Sunday and, and we have it with the nutrition designed for morning and evening based on your biorhythm of your body. So you're, you're taking the nutrition when you should be. And, um, by Thursday, I meet with Donna um, to first staff, and we, we talk about what's coming up, what we need to prepare for. And she asked me how I was feeling, and I, I said, I, I feel great, not even thinking about it, right? And here I am in the middle of an MS attack, and she looks at me like, I got two heads, like, what do you mean you feel great? And um, so I began sharing with her and just saying, I can't believe this has made this much of a difference. That once my body, now I, I do lifestyle to cure, okay? Yeah. It's just that when my body started getting the right nutrition that was designed for me, it started making dramatic changes. And um, and it changed everything. Mm. And and now I have not experienced an MS attack ever since I started the ID nutrition. And, um, and that's mind boggling for me. Now you can't guarantee that someone who has MS won't have an MS oh, attack, no, but no, this no. is it's your not, personal is, testimony. Yes, absolutely. This is, again, this, this is not I'm, a cure. This I'm is, being your this, attorney. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it's, and I want to tell you, like, it's not a cure. Yeah, and I yeah. tell people, cause I've talked with others who have had an MS. I'm like, but why not give your body the fighting chance it needs by getting the right nutrition? You know, whatever you're Pe struggling But with people, problems. even on a basic level, I think people can understand. I mean, people have had a day where they didn't really eat right that day. And, you know, by... By, uh, I don't know, by, by what normally would be dinner time, they've been busy all day and they're like, oh my God, I didn't really eat. And all of a sudden you're like, you're just run down, right? Yeah. Or if you're dependent on the caffeine for your, you know, if you're a coffee or tea drinker or you're into drinking huge sodas, even the diet sodas that have caffeine, let's talk yeah. about that one, right? So if you're having one in the morning and one at lunch, you know, it, like it's that three o'clock midday crash. Or if you're a smoker, it's the nicotine. You got it every right. You know your body is reacting positively or negatively to the stuff that you're putting in it, like that. So it's it's not a complicated concept that people should know about. Even like the sugar, if you get off a of sugar, listen, oh, yeah. listeners, if you, if you don't do anything else at all, <laughs> and people preached this to me for years before I did it, and it just didn't click with me for some reason. Yeah. But I I got and I I cheat. A little bit now, but I stopped drinking sugared sodas almost completely. 
Well, absolutely like cold turkey, I guess I should say. So I did quit drinking them completely, but it was like cold turkey pretty much. Um, Stopped eating all the candy that I was eating, bags of M&Ms, chocolate-covered peanuts, chocolate-covered. I love chocolate, so everything had chocolate to it. But I'd get by bags of them, and I'd be driving around from appointments to whatever, and I'd just eat them. I'd just chew on them all day. I I just snacked on them. I loved them. And all that gunk, and I love cookies, and so I still cheat a lot with cookies. But, like, you know, pastries and stuff, donuts. I was eating donuts, like, every day through Dunkin'. Uh, so I stopped. I just stopped buying donuts. I can go through Dunkin' Donut drive through and not buy a donut. That's good. So, yeah, right? And I'm not even tempted. Yeah. Um, but anyways, like, even just with the sugar, like, for me, my energy level skyrocketed. And I, and I still have aches and pains, but not to the level that I did before. I, I was feeling like I used to see my grandfather, like, sitting in the easy chair with his feet up at the end of the day. And there were literally days when I was th- in front of the TV thinking, this is bad. Like, if this is how I am right now in my late 50s, what's it going to be like? I'm 62 oh, yeah. now, but I'm thinking, like, what's it going to be like when I'm 70 or 80? And am I going to be able to even function? Yeah. Because it was bad. Those pains, almost all of them went away. Wow. So, like all sure, that. Sure I didn't know sugar bad. was inflammatory. Sugar's terrible. <laughs> it was making us. my whole body, like all my joints yeah. inflamed and everything. So that, I mean, that's just a basic, common, easy to understand anecdote where someone would say, oh, so maybe what I eat does impact my, my mental awareness, my, my cognitive ability, my energy level my kind of just overall feeling of how I feel without even going any deeper, pretty obvious that you ought to at least consider the foods that you're eating and when you're eating and, and what nutrition you might want to supplement. Yeah. Cause it's because most of us don't really eat the amount of vegetables and fruits. And I question whether they have the nutrition in them that they they did 50 years ago anyways. Yeah. No, they don't, you know, know, they're all like, they're all modified to live in a truck and get to and look pretty in the grocery store. All right, yeah. I went down another yeah. rabbit hole. <laughs> so ID Life, you have a testimonial. You have a passion for that, right? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've lost weight. I feel healthy. Uh, I, I started exercising for pretty much almost the first time in my life. I think I did a little back in high school. but Really? But now I'm exercising pretty regularly. And, yeah, and I, I, I tease my kids. I said I, my goal is uh, they come home with the grandkids when, when I'm 85. Yeah. And they're like, where's dad? He's like, oh, he's down at the gym, you know. <laughs> I, I just, I want to be working out when I'm 85 years old, you know. I love it. So tell me how you think that your personality meshes with the networking company. Because I think that you are a perfect um, representative for a networking company, well, based you. on my experiences. So I, someone else may say I, differently. You know, but here's, here's the thing. It's, it's, on, it, it's about helping people. You know, I mean, who's a Zig Ziglar, right? Everybody said, says that, though. Everybody but, in a networking company says that. Yeah, but, you know. Zig- this is about helping you, and this is about, um, so wouldn't an extra $1,000 a month make your life different? Yeah, but if you help them to achieve. See, what I love about ID Life is it's not, I'm not selling a, a gizmo. I'm not selling, you can save a few bucks on this or that. Yeah. I'm helping people get healthy in life. And if I can help people do that, you know, and for some, it's cutting out sugars because maybe they're just going to switch to some sugar-free drinks, okay? Yeah. That aren't, doesn't have the, the well, baby steps. The stuff. You know, for, for others, it's getting the right nutrition. It's going to change everything. You know, for some, it's helping their kids get the right, um, you know, probiotic or, or kids' vitamins or something like that that's healthy instead of the sugar stuff. And, you know, if I could do that, that's, that's exciting. That's really exciting for me. And, 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 I, and if I could watch somebody's life change, 
because their health has started to change because they've they've taken ownership of their health finally. Um, I, I think it's great. You know, I, I think a lot of times, and I, actually we just started a series at this at the church called Storyline, and we're talking about breaking breaking our ceilings, breaking. We, we have these concepts that we grew up with. Yes. You know? And whether our parents drilled them into uh, intentionally or unintentionally, okay, trying to protect us, or right. whether a teacher or a friend or we failed at something. We call them limiting beliefs. Yeah, we, we create right? this barrier. And, yeah. um, you know, I used an illustration on Sunday. You remember Chuck, uh, Willy Wonka at Chocolate Factory? Yeah. And, and when, when Charlie and, and Willy Wonka, they broke through that glass. Yeah. And it changed his world. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's what we need to do. Yeah. And and for some of us, I think a lot more of us, we think this is just the way our health is. This is just the way I eat. This is the way I always be. You know, I remember first looking at ID Life and I was like, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people who wear, you know, the you know, the the, the workout stuff and, and carry your water bottle and, and oh. go to the gym. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. Like, you know, how can I ever do a health and nutrition company? Right, right. Um, and now I look at it like, uh, I carry my water bottle and I work out. And I'm like, you, know, <laughs> you wear the ID Life shirt? <laughs> yeah, I wear the ID Life shirt. You know, and here, here's the thing. You become, you become that. You know, you set, you set your goals. And, and you know, it's, it's surrounding yourself with the people where you want to go, not where you are, or where or people are going to take you backwards. And, yeah. you know, an ID life is more than just a company. It's, it's, you know, we call it a family, you know, and, you know, inspire, encourage each other to, from where you are, wherever that is, to where you want to go. And for me, that's, you know, it's a journey of, of, of helping a company grow. Yeah, I'm excited because as a company grows, more and more people are getting healthy. That's exciting. I, I get excited in sharing it so I can help people out. Um, and then along the way, you know what, guess what? Then sometimes faith stories come in and, and you get, you start talking to somebody about their health and eventually they have some faith struggles. And it's like, wow, okay, God can use me there too. And, um, cause most people are not open to spiritual things that much at first, you know? Well, I think people but, in general, people in general aren't open to new ideas very often no, at all no. in any area. And even well, like I am, but I'm not like my first instinct is usually uh defense. Okay. Even as curious as I am and as open-minded as I think I am and as accepting as I am of so many different ideas and other people, I still have that. But I think that's our serpent brain again. I, I talk about this a lot. It's that, that, um, uh, it's that inherited part. It's that the genetic leftover from when we were protecting ourselves from the apex predators that were out there, right? Mm -hmm. Before we were them. That's why, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you don't get support from your family or loved ones because they're trying to protect you. Yeah. Right. It's not because they don't believe in you. It's that they're afraid you're going to fail or that bad things are going to happen to you. So their immediate reaction is to protect you, which means don't try it. Like, yes. Or sometimes I think it's protecting themselves. That could be. You because, might leave them. Because as you start to grow, whatever yeah. area that is your life, as yeah. you start to grow, and as an entrepreneur, that, that's that's what you're doing. You're, yeah. you're, you're expanding beyond. You're, of course. You're, and as you start to grow, it, it's a... You leave it, people behind very yes, often. Yes, you do. But, but people are, are faced with their own reality of... Yeah, I don't take care of my health. Yeah. I don't care, take care of my spiritual life. And now you're showing me that I don't do yeah, that. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they don't want to see that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. But you know, I, Good point. I, I tell you, I feel like I, I have a brand new life. I, I, I can't even yeah. begin to describe that. Um, I, I love where I am, where I could do things with the kids that I couldn't do when they were growing up, you know, some of those things. And, and with my wife, I feel like, you know, here we are, empty nesters. And, uh, mm. 
And, um, you know, no offense to our kids because we love them. We love having to come come home and they spend as much time. Well, you did have a life before were, kids. But, we, <laughs> you know, we feel like we're, we're on our honeymoon again. And, oh. um, and it's opened up a whole new life. And it's it's great. You know, I love my wife and I love spending time with her. And, yeah. and now it's a whole, like a whole new beginning, you know. That's right. That's um, awesome. And because my health is not where it was. Yeah. And so well, I wish the listeners could see you, see your face as you've been talking and like your eyes, you can see the emotion in your eyes. It's so, you know, I believe it's real. If it's fake, you're a great actor. <laughs> no, it's so, real. um, real. yeah, so it's interesting. You know, I, I just, uh, um, I just been kind of watching you, Kenny. I just think that, you know, I hope you're doing really well with this. Cause I, I feel like you're, you're in the right place with the right personality, doing the right thing. I like you. I really Thank do. You. Um, and you know, when I know that people are in particularly networking companies because of things that I mentioned, sometimes they don't get the right kind of training, um, coming from the, from the right place. You know, my defenses often go off right away and see like, okay, what's going to happen here? This person going to drive me nuts, bugging me and you know, whatever. But I didn't get that from you at all. So, uh, if somebody wanted to, to contact you, maybe they connected with something that you said today or. Um, maybe they wanted to take the assessment. Okay. Um, did we talk about the assessment, what it is or no? No. I mean, so you got to. That's free, right? Yeah. It's a free health assessment. If they want to do the DNA, that's, that's do a cost. Okay. We'll do a quick 30, uh, 30 seconds on the assessment. The assessment basically, it's going to ask you a bunch of health questions yep. and at the end of it, it will give you your health score. So that's, yeah. that's you know, could be exciting or not exciting. To say. Well, mine was, I think <laughs> mine was 65 or 69 or something okay. like that. Okay. So you got a ways to go. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, this is the story of my life. And then what it'll do is never a hundred percent. Always a bridesmaid, <laughs> never a bride sort of deal. <laughs> and then it, obviously, as you saw, it'll recommend <clears throat> supplements where you're yeah. lacking and um, some other products as well. As I mentioned, I'm the guy who's going to read every, every science report on there's every report so but what i would do is better be peer reviewed that's all i can say and it is you all see right. all that on your right so what you what i would do is recommend just go past that click on your report and read your report because yeah. it's like 40 some pages or whatever. i read it and it's amazing isn't yeah. it what it yeah there's a lot of de- there's a ton of details it i was is. surprised of all the questions i would yes. like to actually i'd like to go through and do it a, another time because there were some of the questions where i felt like i didn't really like my answer wasn't available like I had a better answer or I felt like maybe the question it's asking me, like I was guessing what it wanted to know. And, and by picking that answer, although it was the right one of the choices, I was giving it information that was not quite uh, accurate. Okay. You know what I mean? So I thought I, maybe I would do it again and see what the, <laughs> yeah, see if it's, it's, it's good the not to number. lie on the self-assessment. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was just the way it was asked. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, wasn't, I wasn't clear. I wasn't confident it was getting accurate information from me, but that was just on okay. a couple of them. Yeah, um, okay, so the uh, the assessment is free. Anybody so, can take so, it? Yes. Yeah, so uh, how do they get it? You go up to my website, which is RenewU, so R-E-N-E-W-Y-O-U dot I-D-Life dot com. So RenewU dot I-D-Life dot com. And I don't know if I did. I don't wonder if I did mine on yours or if I just Googled uh, ID Life. Oh, you should make did sure a corporate one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm after the next one. I'll make sure. And if anybody, I'm going to do it again. So all my information up there so, so we can contact you. All right. Beautiful. Uh, Kenny Mulligan. That's great. I have enjoyed this a lot. I and we too. have time. Right, we went over an hour, Kenny. I'm wow. gonna, we're going to be under. We're going to be over an hour by the time we had everything. Guess what? It's time for the questions. Now you're in for it. Okay. It's time to answer the questions. 
I double dare you. All right, Kenny's been pretty open with us. I don't think we need to dare him, and uh, I might take that off of the intro because <laughs> everybody, no one's had to be dared or double dared really to answer. So, okay, so here we go. These are the questions. Every guest gets a different assortment of the questions. Okay. So we don't always do the same ones, but we have a we have a nice uh, group of them. So here's your first one. Who do people tell you that you look like? Wow. My brother. <laughs> Seriously? I have, a young, I have a younger brother. We look alike. <laughs> um, we look alike. He's 10 years younger than I am. And uh, If you could have a conversation with one famous person, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you talk about? I see the wheels turning. I, I would probably say Andy Stanley. Now, who is Andy Stanley? Andy Stanley is a pastor down um, with North Point Church, <laughs> not associated with us, but um, I mean, we get a lot of ideas from them. But they're down in Atlanta, and he's a great leader. Um, has a pod- leadership podcast that's phenomenal um, for businesses and everything. And I would love Wanna to give him a plug, like how what the podcast is called. I'll just just look for Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast, and you'll okay. find it. it. Yeah, it's great. He interviews a lot of a lot of guys in businesses. So yeah, I'd love to sit down with him. I, I think that'd be great to. What would you talk about? Boy, I probably ask him all over the place. You know, from churches to uh, to just personal life, his personal spiritual life. Is there one thing in particular you think he'd uh, he would have an answer for or no, a guidance I just, for? I just, I just like to pick his brain. You know, I keep a, a questions um, of what I would ask leaders. You know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, oh, really? And I, I would, I would. What's on your list? You know, one of them would be like, what drives you? Also, what keeps them going? Because, you know, I find with leaders is a lot of times we, we're we not as confident as people think we are. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's and, one and of the that's, big secrets. And that's, and that's, that's, that's crazy. We're like, oh, so confident, oh. you know. But, you know, there's... Very the, common. You know, you see a vision, you want to go after it. And, you know, I think what makes leaders successful is I'm going to go after them, nobody follows me because I'm just yeah. that passionate about it. And you hope that others become passionate about it with you. And, and sometimes they do and then sometimes they don't, you know. Well, I, my, my money is that you're a good leader and you also have the entrepreneurial traits and being an entrepreneur, a good entrepreneur does not necessarily mean you're a good leader. There are some entrepreneurial traits that are like the antithesis of a good leader. Yeah. What is the most satisfying interaction you've ever had with another person? Satisfying interaction. Wow. I have to say, and there's probably a number of people, but it, it would go back to deep spiritual issues. When I can, when I could talk to somebody about where, where they really are spiritually and, and guide them, that that has to be the deepest. I think okay. we could go. Good, got it. I also do coaching, so I like to throw in a coaching question at the end. As listeners know, this is my my uh, cheap device to put a commercial in on my podcast. Okay. Um, are you up for a coaching question? Sure. All right. What is the one obstacle that, when overcome, would make all the difference for you? So you're saying I still need to overcome this? Yes. Well, I you know it probably goes back to confidence. Believe it or not, I, really, I, I really think that. Do you suffer from imposter it's, syndrome? It's it's very common. No, it, it's more of you know maybe it's not, but maybe it's fear. Maybe underlying is that is fear, which which I know I sh- shouldn't fear, but it, it's it's a fear of um, how's it going to go? I guess sometimes. And it's like, I know I got to do this or, or I got to confront this. I got to make this happen. But it's almost like, but I'm afraid to, you know. And I think if I could get past that, uh, you know, re- recently, to give you an example, recently with ID Life, um, the, the ceiling I had was, 
you know, you look at people who are a little bit more, more successful and you're like, yeah, I could never get there. Mm. And, um, or, you know, I'm trying, it's, it's not, and, and I, I broke that, um, that broke at our recent conference. And I was like, you know what, this is such a great product. This is such a great company. Um, I, I want to be more a part of it. So I'm going to make this happen. And so all of a sudden something changed. Nice. So, yeah, so I need to do so that. So you did overcome it for at least in that in that area. For yeah, that area, yeah. yeah. So I need to do that in other areas of my life too. Yeah, so. awesome. So in co- you know, in coaching, we we explore all that and do all that stuff. And if I was consulting, I'd remind you that you know, fear is just false expectations appearing real, and it's only something you made it up in your own. You know, we go down all <laughs> that. But yeah, I appreciate you answering that. Um, that's really interesting. And uh, people, you know, our listeners. They just heard your amazing story and everything, and then they're and then how successful you're being, and and uh, and I think you're in the perfect place with doing the right thing, at least from my humble view, from where I sit, and uh, and then they're like, oh, and he gets and he's dealing with fear, too. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so the listeners will really value that, appreciate that, appreciate you being vulnerable there. I know it's the popular thing to do now, <laughs> be vulnerable and transparent and everything, but it's still, you know, not everybody does, so it's super. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we end this, Kenny? Did we cover everything? <laughs> we covered a lot, didn't we? Yeah, we did, did a lot, yeah. Anything else? So, not dead. Thank you. Thanks thanks, oh, for, thanks for the time and the privilege to be here with you. I very much enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, you're very it's, welcome. It's and uh, and I thank you for coming in and being, uh, like I said, so transparent and vulnerable. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in there. Our listeners are aspiring entrepreneurs. They are small business owners. They're people maybe who are have a passion that maybe doesn't involve money, right? And they want to figure out how to move forward with their life, how to have a more fulfilling life, how to make a bigger impact all the stuff that you want to do, that you are doing, all the stuff I want to do, that I'm doing. So we're helping our our listeners do that. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode and it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.